Hey everyone, welcome to the Wicked Ones podcast. This is Tara. And this is Jen. How are you this fine morning? Yeah, I can't complain, I guess. I uh, got my coffee. I didn't sleep well last night. The insomnia has hit me again, but other than that, you know, I feel all right today. That's good. I must have gotten some sleep in the middle of there in between all the restlessness. Oh, I can't handle the insomnia. I, well, you know me, I'm crazy. I have to stay like on my regimen and like, don't drink coffee after three and make sure that you're up by five and exercise an hour a day and do all of these things. Otherwise, if I sleep in or if I stay up too late or I drink a little too much caffeine, I'm totally screwed. I'm like an old lady. You're like a gremlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we all know my I'm crazy with my sleep. Yeah. Oh, I know. You have sleep goals. I don't know very many people who have sleep goals. Without sleep goals, I'm, I'm crazy. So I need them. Yeah. Other than that, what's going on? Not a whole lot. I heard you guys went and saw Ghostbusters like we did. Yeah. What did you guys think? We liked it. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, we really, really liked it. It was good. I was a little impressive. Every time they they do any spinoffs or remakes or part twos, I'm always worried they're going to ruin it. But they did a good job. They did. I really liked it. I did. I liked it a lot. And I I really liked the kids, the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the, the girl was, she was my favorite. She was fantastic. I liked her and it's cool. Cause they're they're I like that they're showing more strong female characters, even, you know, she was 12 and she was, she was great. So, and then of course I told you, I cried at the end. I won't give it away. No spoiler, no spoilers here, but I did. I did cry a little bit at the end. I was, I didn't cry, but I mean, I did there was a little tinge in my heart. It was sweet at the end. Yeah. It, was, it was emotional. I agree. Yeah. Oh, how are you liking the tea advent calendar? It's good. I've only done day one and two. I haven't made it very far. I've been stuck on my, what is it? Something tangerine and mimosa. I don't know. There's. I've been stuck on this orange flavored one that Ooh, I keep making. I'm going to have to try that. And then I think you gave it to me for my birthday. I think. Oh, I'm sure you think you probably oh, did because you know yeah. that I like all like the orange and tangerine flavored thing. Uh-huh. So, but I've been stuck on that one. So, you know, you, once you get started on stuck on something, it's hard to change. But the first one I didn't like, cause I thought it tasted like flowers. Um, <laughs> There's flowers in everything lately, right? Everything's like hibiscus and, and what's the other one? Elderflower. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm like, stop it. Keep the flowers in their own world. They have a lane, keep them there. So uh, I still drank it mostly, but yeah, I could definitely get the hint of flour in there. The second one, like yeah. you were right, it's just a very simple black tea, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So maybe I just need plain. Just don't, something simple. Don't yeah. give me the fancy. I did day three yesterday and I, it was peach. Oh, did you so. like it? It sounds good. But I did. Okay. Yeah. You know me, I like peach bellinis and all the peach stuff. So yeah, I liked it, but. It's fun, right? But it's like, it's kind of cool because the doors are really cute and it gives you like a super positive message and it's just really fun. I just, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy that part of it anyway. I'll see the flavors are, you know, we'll have to give you a recap of all 25 later. Well, and it's nice to try just one because I want to always want to try new flavors, but you have mm-hmm. to buy a pack of 20 and then I end up, I have so many teas that I've given away or thrown away because oh, yeah. I don't like them. Tons. Oh, well, I am 
definitely interested to hear what you have to say about the investigation. Like I told you, I didn't brush up. I was trying to, you know, I still remember some things from, you know, rumors and chit chat from, you know, over the years, obviously. I mean, you know, everybody's heard about this case, but I'm trying to keep an open mind and I can't wait to hear your portion of the investigation part. Okay. So I didn't do all of the investigation because I thought that would go on forever. But I did do a portion of it and I largely covered uh, the autopsy because I think that was very significant and the autopsy itself kind of pulls in some of the investigation. So first thing I want to do is recap kind of what we covered in part one and a little bit about what could have been done better. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we might have, I might have even mentioned this in part one. I can't remember. It was you know, since we tried to record and then re-record, I can't remember what we've talked about. Um, Patsy, she called the police and they responded to the kidnapping in a just general squad car. And that's very much against protocol. If there's a kidnapping going on, the police officers are to respond, obviously, in plain clothes and an unmarked car. You know, if it was a true kidnapping, the Ramseys were told not to contact the police. And the squad car comes rolling up in the front of the house or right, in the driveway, right. clearly shows that they're not following the kidnappers' demands. Uh, but I think, I believe they said that the person who handles kidnappings were like, for that type of thing, was off from vacation because it was Christmas. They were very, very understaffed because it was the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you see that everywhere in the, especially in the first part when I was looking through it, I was like, man, I just feel like everybody's out of town and they're just scrapping it together, you know? Yeah. Well, they weren't, they weren't a high crime area. From what I understand, no. Dominique's murder was the only murder that year. This isn't something that they handle I, yes. on a regular basis. Obviously they weren't sure of the protocol. And then there's also, I mean, I know from a corporation standpoint, we, we staff our holidays based on prior numbers. So if we know last year Mm -hmm. we were dead on Christmas Eve and the year before that, we staffed down. If we were busy, we staff up. So in the past, they haven't needed all of these people. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you don't have the experience, you don't have the experience. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, I can't, I would be just completely flabbergasted not knowing what was going on. Right. All right. First day on the job. Here we go. Yeah. So, and obviously even before the kidnapping turned to homicide, the house should have been secured. There was a child mm-hmm. abducted from her home inside that, you know, in, from her bed inside the home. This, this is a crime mm-hmm. scene, no matter what kind of crime scene it is. They needed to get the family out. Like John and Patsy and Burke should not have been left in the home with the exception that they were expecting a ransom call. Uh, mm-hmm. But they still should have been separated in the home and questioned without the other people hearing. You know, that was a huge issue that they even for everything they do that yeah well I can't believe how long it took them to get their statement I think it was six months yeah that's what you were so you had said that the first time we tried to do this recording and you were telling me that it was six months but um even even in the uh, timeline that I was reading and looking through when they finally sat down and said okay so walk me through the day that was hours later yeah I mean like what right what happened but I mean their official statement to police was not for months and they had some pretty crazy stipulations which we can talk about in part three but it's pretty it's pretty intense 
it's just the whole investigation and everything that you you know what we were talking about it's just it was way too casual I agree in the beginning correct yes yeah. yes they were giving like the Ramses a lot of space and grace I assume too because they were traumatized yeah, yeah. you know you don't want to make these parents feel any more grief than they're already going through so you know the Ramses called friends and they called you know their their support and faith reverend I can't remember his name we went through that the first time and some think this is bothersome some think this is suspicious on the Ramses part some believe that they wanted friends there to witness the finding of John Bonet's body almost like they had people there to say like see this is what we found I don't mm. there's all you can find speculation out there all kinds of theories yeah you and I talked about this we don't think this is a big deal we've gathered in crisis situations you know oh, yeah. without knowing what the outcome was going to be right um but you know the problem is is these people are in the home they're moving things they're cleaning they called the victim advocates to come in and support the ramses which were cleaning as well i don't oh wow because nobody knew what to do so it was like just clean and cook yeah and so they were and like putting together food investigate for apparently. friends that were over i don't know i mean I understand because that's what we do when we're uncomfortable and we want to show support, right? We show up with food and we clean and we do everything we can to try to feel helpful. Mm -hmm. But this was yeah. very bad. It's a crime scene. Don't touch anything. Get the fuck out. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, know. And then there's the issue with Burke. Uh, in mm -hmm. a sense, he was just whisked away. No one got to talk to him. The Ramses sent him off with their friends, Fleet and his wife. And to me, this is bonkers that you can get someone out of the house with a missing child, whether it's another child or not. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, there's so many things to think about, right? Well, I mean, we don't know who the kidnapper is. For all we know, the kidnapper could be Fleet and his mm -hmm. wife themselves. Probably not, but we don't know. I mean, right. we don't know. How many times do you hear it's close friends? Yeah. I mean, I guess people weren't thinking that way back then, but we do now. No, but I mean, we didn't know who it was. Could... It could have yeah. been that, you know, Burke was the next one that they were going to take. They could have been watching the house. They, you know, Burke could have been in danger. Fleet and his wife could have been in danger for taking Burke. Mm -hmm. They really just didn't know what they were getting into when they made that decision. No. And then what's the protocol? Take everyone to the police station. Probably, Burke should have been taken to the police from station. There. Yeah, yeah. He should have been taken to the police station with a victim advocate. Mm -hmm. To be Yeah, questioned. that sounds right. Uh, then, you know, there's also the point that the the family just left him there. So Fleet and his wife dropped them off, dropped him off with their kids. And I was wondering about that because when I was going through the timeline and remember I was telling you're you. You're like, wait, um, they still there. Yeah, they dropped. I was like, wait, they came back. Came I'm like, back. where's the kid? Yeah, they left him. Wow. How old are their kids? You know, I can't remember. You know, I think they're old older. enough to babysit. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. And, but still. Oh my god! So I mean, we're That's trying to keep ridiculous. him safe, but we drop him off with the kids and come back. With Who knows what could have happened? No. Uh, wow. No, I didn't realize that part of it. Right? No. Crazy. I don't yeah, know. I mean, crazy. obviously, we're armchair quarterbacking it, right? When you when you look. Yeah. Yeah. Hindsight, right? I get it, but still, I mean, I that's insane. That doesn't. It shouldn't have gone this way. No. Even back then, I know we say, oh, back then they didn't have but this. this is they didn't have that, but this isn't the 80s. This, correct. Like they had protocol in place yeah. or should have. It was, things were still pretty lenient. I mean, 
I think back to that time and it was pretty, it was still pretty free spirited. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Kids in my, I, mean, I guess, but kids in my area were doing whatever they wanted. <laughs> to be honest. When I think of that, that time. Yeah. Close to the age. But anyway, so now we're here where John discovers John Bonet's body, of course. So he brings John Bonet up from the basement. And I read that originally he he placed John Bonet in the entryway mm-hmm. when he came up from the basement. Um, but this was a high traffic area, so they moved her body. Some reports say that John removed, moved her body. Some reports say Linda removed the body. I don't know if that really matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, one speculation, obviously, is that if Linda moved the body, then that's introducing another layer of fibers and contamination. Uh, here nor there her body ends up you know near the christmas tree in the family room john covers uh john benet's body with a throw blanket from the couch now we're trying to preserve evidence and the only evidence we have at this point is john benet's body and it's unfortunately being contaminated over and over again well yeah and then in comes you know her mom yeah, Patsy's hysterical. She comes in. She's laying on John Bonet, you know, mm-hmm. holding her, cradling her, covering her body. Uh, and this is, you know, again, the part where we talked about where Linda Arndt, Detective Linda Arndt, is talking about how she really just, she knows she needs to control these people, but she can't. Oh, yeah. And I'm not putting any blame on that officer should never have been in that house by herself to try to handle all of those people. That's a lot. That's very overwhelming for anyone in any in that situation, I would think. Yeah. Right? Well, and I mean, I don't know if I could stop a grieving mother in that no. situation either. I, I see where everyone's coming from in this, mm-hmm. in oh, this what, circumstance. Absolutely. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. But it's just a high situation. You would have situation. to pry me away. Oh, yeah. In yeah. a high situation and a dead body. I mean, they weren't expecting to, I mean, no one was expecting them to find her. That was a whole nother thing. Right. You know, Linda Arm was right. just trying to give them something to do and they come back with John Bonet's body. I can imagine I mean, everybody yeah. was just. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, she was just trying to basically get them ready for this ransom call. They were all waiting for the phone and they were expecting this to, to go as a kidnapping. Um, so I think we're all up to date. Is there anything that mm-hmm. I left out or anything you think that we need to recap? No, I think we're good up until this point, for sure. I mean, there's definitely things I think we can cover in part three when we talk about theories, but as far as just the investigation and what happened and who was involved in all of that, the things that, you know, should have been done differently, I think you covered up to this point. Yeah. So I'm going to talk first about John Bonet's autopsy. And so the pathologist, John E. Meyer, he arrived at the Ramsey's home that day around 8 p.m. He entered the home at approximately 8.20 and the body of John Bonet was lying on the living room floor. She was covered with a blanket and a Colorado avalanche sweatshirt. He removed the blanket and the sweatshirt, um, and he saw that she was laying on her back with her arms above her head. Her head turned to the right. There was a ligature around her neck as well as her right wrist. Uh, He also noted a small area of abrasion or contusion below the right ear on the lateral aspect of the cheek and a prominent dried abrasion present on the left lower neck. Uh, He stayed with the body uh, for about 10 minutes and he left the home around 8.30. Does that make sense? 10 minutes? 
10 minutes. So he did basically like a visual examination. It sounds like they don't move the body or okay. do anything like that. The official autopsy was done on December 27th, the following day. And the conclusion was asphyxia by strangulation associated with cranial cerebral trauma. Okay. Okay. So the largely this decision was based upon the level of petechial hemorrhage. That, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, the time of death on the autopsy report is 1.32 p.m. Oh, okay. So they did have somewhat of a time of death. 1.32 okay. p.m. The bo- it's the time oh, her body would... was discovered. So they oh, didn't Jesus. have it. They never gave her a time of death. And legally, In my head, that was 1.32 a.m. And I yeah. was like, oh, well, That's okay. what I thought, too. I had to read it again. And then I read that legally they have to put a time on the autopsy result, and they don't have a time. So they use the time that her body was discovered. We'll talk about that, too, later. It gets to be. Yeah, I have a feeling that is, that's not going to help at all. No, it's not. So like I said, I'm going to go over the autopsy, not the entire autopsy, because we would be here for days and everyone would be sleeping. But no, but I do think it's a good thing that you are focusing a lot on the autopsy because with obviously there's so many sources that say so many different things. And like you said, in the beginning, we're probably not going to get everything right because who can, when you look at some seriously trusted sources who say something completely different than another very trusted source, it's, it's very, it's hard. This case is really tough. And I think the one thing that you can focus on in this case that you, that the the facts are the facts is the autopsy. I agree. And I've found that this case case is very emotional for people. So even though it's a trusted Mm -hmm. source, I've, I've discovered that even their wording might be skewed one way or another. So they've somehow weaved their beliefs and how they feel about the case, even into the facts. This is a hard case to cover. It's It's really hard. It's real tough. Yep. Um, so like I said, I'm going to talk to you about the autopsy, what I think is significant to the case itself. And then I'm going to go back and revisit the findings and how they are pertinent. Does that okay. make sense? Mm-hmm. So John Bonet was clothed in a long sleeve collarless white shirt with a sequin star. She had matching white pants. So she was in like a little pajama set. She had white underwear with rosebuds and the word Wednesday written across the front. She wore a silver cross necklace. There was a heart drawn on her left palm in red ink. She wore a Christmas gift from her aunt. It was a bracelet on her left wrist with her name and date. Remember that? ID bracelets were super popular back then. Oh, yeah. And a gold ring on her right hand. Okay. So just a sweet little girl. So she was six years old. I read that she was about 47 inches and 48 pounds, 45 pounds, something like that. So she was, she was pretty small. She was little. Yeah. yeah, she was tiny. Around her right wrist and over the long sleeve pajama top was a loosely tied white cord. The upper right sleeve had a brown tan stain, which was consistent with mucus from her nose or her mouth. Okay. okay. Um, her white pants were stained with urine in the crotch and the inner thigh. Her, under, her underwear was also stained with urine and contained several areas of red. Okay. On the right side of her chin was a small superficial abrasion. Just below her right ear was a small rust color abrasion. Another of these types was found on her left lower back. 
she also had abrasions on her right posterior shoulder, her left lower back, her left lower leg. Okay. So everything on her back was more of like scraping. Okay. Um, you know, like those long linear scrapes. And were like, they able to determine if those happened postmortem? I, I know. I believe they were, they were anti-mortem because there was, there was bleeding. Like they were, yeah, they were that's actual, what I meant to say. Yeah. Anti-mortem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Petechial hemorrhages were found on her eyelids and the conjunctival surface, which basically you was know, her eye itself. Um, mm-hmm. as well as her left lateral cheek. The right side of her face was difficult to evaluate because liver mortis had already set in. You remember when uh, yes. when he arrived, she, her head was turned to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the blood starts to pull to that side. Yeah, of your body. but I mean, she had yeah. significant petechial hemorrhage just within her skin. <sighs> that poor girl. Um, this was like, as I read the autopsy, I had no idea how violent and gruesome this was. They do not talk about this in the media. I, I'm sure they don't because when you were telling me all of these things, I thought that little girl put up a fight. It, it, it wasn't, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't casual. It, I, I don't no. know how else to describe it, but so she had a deep ligature furrow around her neck, um, which we believe is the cause of her death strangulation. The white mm-hmm. corn around, around her neck is the same one that is found around her ribs. So it's the same, same piece of okay. cord cut from the same spool per se the white cord around her neck um is specifically a rope type of cord that's very thin but has rope fibers and I want to say that because they refer to it as a cord and when I think of a cord I think of like an electrical cord something that is coated in a plastic that is not the case for this this is like a tiny tiny rope almost like what we use when we're camping like the tent cords, like the little skinny ropes that's what it's like they call it a cord Gotcha. Okay. Um, tied within this cord was a tan brown wooden stick measuring four and a half inches in length. The wooden stick is irregularly broken at both ends. There are several colors of paint and a glistening varnish on the surface. There are gold letters at one end of the stick forming the words Korea. And there's a significant amount of blonde hair entwined within the knot of the cord at the base of her neck. Okay. Okay. And that's the garat correct? Yes. So that's the garage. Mm -hmm. Um, I should also say the skin of the anterior neck, like above and below the ligature contained levels of of particular hemorrhage and abrasions. So above and below it. Okay. That's going to come into factor later. Okay. Not first apparent at the crime scene is a right-sided linear skull fracture, which this, I mean, I've debated this with you, the cause of death and how it went down, because this is what keeps me up at night, how this head trauma Mm -hmm. happened and the strangulation and the whole process. So there wasn't any blood. There was very minimal skin breakage. So they didn't even sight on scene because it was on her right side and she was laying to the right. They didn't see this. Okay. At first. So you couldn't tell if you like moved her head over that there was a... There was no blood on her head? There was no blood, no. So you think with head trauma, there's going to be right. massive amounts of blood. We know, like the kids yeah, like hit their yeah. forehead and they're bleeding, like they're hemorrhaging. Yeah, there was no blood. Mm-hmm. And she's got blonde hair. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Like it would it would definitely be noticeable if there was anything there. Yeah. Or cakes dried in her hair, you yeah. know. I mean, I I think there was a like little bit hair. of blood, but from what I understand for this 
level of head wound, I would think that it would be just massive amounts of blood, which there is not. So it appears. That- okay. So, so do you think that they, they thought that that could have happened after she was already dead well, and then there was no blood? That's one of the theories, right? That's because yeah. Okay. So, or yeah, we're going to get into that. Exactly. Okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm jumping. No, ahead. that's okay. So there appears that there's an initial point of contact that displaces a small portion of her skull. So there's about a one and three quarter by one half inch portion of her skull that actually is knocked out. Wow. Then from there, it splits up in a oh, linear fashion. That so is one eight and a half inches long. Eight and a half. Yeah. And this little That's six-year-old insane. skull. This is massive. No, it is. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, but but the the fact that that's not the cause of death, that's right. So when I read this, I'm like, how is she still functioning after that? How is strangulation? You know, yeah, um, there was also evidence of temporal lobe bruising, and just a little side note: this is usually seen with uh, like shaken baby syndrome. Really? Yeah, someone who's shaken. I found that. Mm-hmm. Um, but could it have ha- did they say did they note could it have happened just during this event or was it something that would have happened over time it appeared acute okay it appeared to be in in line with the the trauma okay okay um right okay. and so now i'm just moving down head head down her pelvic exam it did conclude sexual assault. There were wooden shards from the stick used to fashion the grot found in the vaginal canal. There's also evidence of vascular congestion and focal interstitial chronic inflammation. And I want you to remember the word chronic. That's an important part. The stomach contains a small amount of viscous to green to tan colored mucus material without particulate matter identified. The yellow to light green tan apparent vegetable or fruit material may represent fragments of pineapple. Okay. Okay. So these are pretty much the highlights that I I could pull from the the autopsy. Um, Do you have any questions before I kind of go over? Well, since since we're talking about the investigation, what, what was found in the home? Were there some, did they find evidence of everything that was used in the crime in the home or were there some things that were missing? Okay. So they were able, the only thing that they were able to source to the home itself was the wooden stick. Okay. Um, I thought I remembered something like that where they couldn't find the duct tape or the. They couldn't. So the duct tape that was used to cover her mouth, which this is another thing that I'm going to talk about, was torn at both ends. So it was a used roll of duct tape. They were not able to source it to the home. The rope itself, they were not able to source to the home. Okay. I'm going to talk about, don't let, this is, that's like a side note. The rope is a side note. Don't let me forget about that. Okay. Because we need, I need to bring that up later. And then. Rope and chronic. Yes. Rope and chronic. And then, you know, there wasn't, there was a couple other things that were found in the house that didn't really have any, any use. There was a they found a bag, like a paper bag with a rope inside it in one of the guest rooms. Um, there was like a baseball bat found somewhere in the house that they didn't know where it came from, but 
nothing, none of it had any DNA or any relevance. I don't know. You know, it just throws some more mystery yeah. into the whole yeah. freaking case. Oh God. It sounds like there's actually several red herrings, but it, there's so much of it. And then of course the suitcase, right? You heard about the suitcase, mm-hmm. um, the suitcase that was found under the broken window. Yes. Inside that, the that suitcase. They moved- yes. That mm-hmm. they moved. So inside the suitcase was a duvet comforter, um, a pillow sham and also a book. I think it was a Dr. Seuss book, if I believe. Okay. The Ramses said they don't store those things in that suitcase. They don't store that suitcase near that window. They have no idea how it could how it could get there. There were fibers from John Bonet's pajamas found on that pillow sham and that duvet comforter. Oh wow, okay. All right. That were I, that's interesting. So whether at one point she was wrapped in those. Right. I, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a mystery. Okay. Could she have fit in that suitcase? Probably. They right? believe, yes. They, okay. so one, like this case just goes out of it. Like, so one of the theories is that they, he, whoever the perpetrator is, put her in the suitcase, but couldn't get the suitcase out the window. Mm. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I mean, all the, oh, there's a lot of theories that are, that are pretty solid. I just feel like we'll talk about this in the next one. I just feel like every single theory has holes that you can't explain. Yes. There's nothing that you can, there's not one theory that exactly. Yeah. I can always find a hole in something. So Mm -hmm. first things first, we're going to talk about the time of death. No one really knows. I read that the medical examiner didn't obtain corneal fluid or body temperature when he visited the body that day. What I read is that is so important for time of death. Like that's just the number one thing that you do. And he's not a stand-in, right? This guy's been doing this job. You know, another thing that he did is he used um, the finger nail clippers that he used he used the same clipper on every finger so you're supposed to use as you clip the nails you're supposed to use a different nail clipper for every finger because you don't want to contaminate okay you don't want to be carrying it from finger to finger so that would make sense he used the same or at least like a i've seen where they take a like a cotton swab and they do one for underneath each nail right yeah something like that okay yeah you don't use it not an all-in-one so there's just some whether it be like experience or just some things that weren't done appropriately and there were advanced states of rigor mortis which would indicate that she died somewhere between 10 and 5 I consider this significant but I'm not going to consider it scientific because John says they last saw her at 10 and Patsy was up at 5 we know what happened right. somewhere in between then. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't think that that's really, they're telling us anything there. And again, I'm going to work from the head down. So I'm going to start with the skull fracture. This was significant cranial trauma, but there was minimal skin breakage, which we know can happen. There's mm-hmm. people that have died from a brain hemorrhage and you can hardly tell that they've had head trauma. Right. So there was almost no blood, but imagine it's an eight and a half inch fracture so it's going long ways it's linear on this little six-year-old head this is brutal and this is the part that's baffled me because 
I can't imagine her functioning after this blow enough. Mm-hmm. No, I can't either. To need to be strangled, right? Because mm-hmm. that was her mm-hmm. her method of death. But according to the autopsy and the findings of particular hemorrhage, they indicate that John Bonet's cause of death is asphyxiation. So this means that she was struck on the head before or maybe even during the process of strangulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I, gosh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I imagine so she's being strangled and then that happens and it happens during the event. Maybe there was no blood flow to the head at that point to bleed or to, right? Yeah, I mean, right, yeah. Or No, I agree. So like I said, this part's baffled me in the past, but, and I couldn't imagine with that type, she shouldn't have been functioning after that hit. It's just Mm -hmm. not even possible. And so I can't imagine. Basically that alone would have, would have, would have killed her. Mm -hmm. All of this, doing this research has helped me understand this case so much more. And I'll kind of, as I get to the end, I'll kind of tell you what I think. So moving down, she's got these neck abrasions, right? So the skin on the anterior of her neck above and below the ligature contain areas of particular hemorrhage and abrasions. So some believe that the abrasions are scratches from JonBenet's nails trying to get the ligature off of her neck, right? You know, like Mm -hmm. when you're being choked, you're kind of pulling at that. Yeah, I think that's a natural, that's what you do. Your hands just go up to try to save to try to get that whatever it is that's causing you not to be able to breathe right I mean even people who are hung who know they pull at their neck yeah they can't get down they grab yeah yeah Yeah. so others believe that these abrasions are scratches from the tiny fibers in the cord so as the as the ligature pulled in and got tighter Mm -hmm. the fibers were scratching her skin and it rolled in and out and up does that make sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. But I don't know how we'll ever know, Tara, because the medical examiner decided that he was going to snip off all of her nails in this fashion. There were, there was evidence of the fibers from that cord on her hands and also in her bed. Okay. Um, so, wow. okay. So I don't know if, you know, the perpetrator had the rope when they went to her room. I don't know. Once again, I, I don't know if we'll ever know, but just really weird that they found it. They found it in her, those fibers in her bed, but they couldn't source that rope to the home. I don't know. Yeah, that's odd. That's really right. Cause I'm trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know what you're saying, you know, yeah. yeah. It doesn't, but you would think that if you're coming into the child's bedroom, you're going and you're, you're an intruder and you're, you're going to want to subdue her first, right? You don't want her screaming or doing whatever. So I guess it would make sense to have some of those things with you, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, to do that, you know, and then carry her. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, we, it's just a weird, I don't know. So as for the ligature around her neck, the ligature itself, like I said before, she died from asphyxiation from strangulation. So this ligature itself is ultimately what took her life. But this wasn't just an average strangling. This, I mean, this murder used, this is a horrific device. And reading about it without doing further investigation, I'm like, oh yeah, I get it, I get it. Uh, but so not only is this like a torture device, but it's also a bondage device. Did you know that? 
I knew, I know a little bit about it. I mean, I've seen it in, in, you know, in movies and different things like that, but again, I, to, to the extent that you probably know about it from reading, I, I don't. So tell me about it because I guarantee half of our listeners have no idea. Well, okay. So you know what the, the garage is, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. it's like a loop. It can be a, a cord, a chain. I mean, it could be a wire. It could be anything. And within it, they put some sort of either a stick or a pipe. It could be anything. And they use that to basically twist the, the loop tighter to strangle or to cut off circulation. It's used as a bondage device as far as like choking for sexual gratification. So that person uses the grot for control, right? They can tighten it. They can loosen it. I didn't know it was used that way. Obviously, there's, I don't want to say safer. Right? It just sounds very dangerous to me. But there's safer forms of this that people can use. That makes sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is, to me, much more about control. Mm-hmm. than it is I would agree with that than it is so much about murder so in this case you know the murderer used this cord they used the paint stick so the paint stick they could find you know they could source that to the basement I guess it was Patsy's part of Patsy's painting mm-hmm. stuff the cord we don't know I mean they live in a 7,000 square foot house do you know the cord in your house yeah, no, but I was just trying to think. So they got, so the stick came from the basement. So for me, I'm thinking the perpetrator went to the basement first and got this stick to make this thing and then came up to her room. And that's, do you know what I'm saying? In my head, I'm like, okay, how does this go then? Because the fibers are found in her bed. Was she killed in her bed? Nobody knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I guess if the guy got in through the window and I don't know how big the window was, does it still have glass in it? Could a person get through there? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen like that part of the investigation and all of that. So do you know any of that? Could somebody have gone that window? This is also controversial because Boulder PD say no. No one could have came through that window because there was a spider web there and the spider web would have been um, disturbed, disturbed, blah, blah, blah. Now, Lucement, who was brought in, he recreated himself getting through the window Okay. Without disturbing the spider web. web. Well, and I'm going to call bullshit on that because I have seen some spiders make some pretty serious (laughs) webs very quickly. Right? Yeah. So I mean, that spider web could have been made at like, I mean, it sounds logical, but it's it's not. Yeah. So depending on the size and the agility of a human, they could or could not have gotten through that window. Okay. Because that's what I was thinking. Okay. Did somebody come in through the window and then they found some of the things that they needed and then they went upstairs do you know what i'm saying because then but, I otherwise mean, this garage terror is serious if you look up the pictures like there's this surface of like we're like yeah he used the stick and and some wire like the knot like this was intentional like this person had mm-hmm. to have done this before this isn't something right. where so you're like have... i'm just going to whip up this little garage do you know what i'm saying yeah well right and i mean if you had told me hey here tara i want to see what you can do with this this stick and this make a garage for me I wouldn't know how to do it so you're right so it's just, it had, would have to be somebody with experience who has done this before so it's just weird to me that they made it there I the whole like I said I don't know it's weird no but it does make me question a couple of things that were in my head as far as theories and they're out the window now yeah that's did I just say out the window I did not mean <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Literally out the window. Like I said, so 
finding out that this is like a bondage device used instead of sexual gratification, I think it's possible that this garrote was fashioned specifically for the sole purpose of the sexual assault. Using this device to control JonBenet during the sexual assault, you know, even choking her to the point where um, she passes out and then bringing her back and then continuing on with the sexual assault. I suspect that during this process, the person somehow either John Bonet wasn't cooperating at the way that he or she wanted her to, or, you know, the person just kind of lost it and then struck her in the head and then mm-hmm. continued on with the sexual assault. That's what I'm, that's, that's, I mean, it's all just like sick and twisted and it makes me feel sad to talk about it. I mean, I just keep saying to myself, she's six. She's six years old. What kind of a monster? But I mean, this garage is premeditated and it's complex. You're not just like, oh, I'm going to look at this rope and I'm going to, I, maybe you are, but in my head, I'm like, this is not, this is someone who used this device or had plans to use this device with intent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now yeah, I would so, agree with so that. I'm just, I'm totally leaning the other way. In my head, I was like, hit then what are they choking her for I don't get it but now mm-hmm. when I understand the level of sexual assault it's making sense to me I think this was more about sexual assault yeah. personally mm-hmm. because even even the theory of her say she passed out he leaves her he leaves her wherever for a second and she wakes up and tries to get away I don't see her doing that to herself falling or running into something you even if she's out of it no okay no she I am not a professional (laughs) disclaimer but it looks like there was an there was an impact with an object it looks like there's a like a dent like there was an impact that caused that caused the rest of the skull to fracture and Mm -hmm. it was so it couldn't have been from falling it doesn't look like it's from falling it looks like you were struck because that portion of the skull is misplaced Mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah it doesn't yeah. Look so what like are they ball. thinking that she was struck with did they say anything about the object did they come up with they the... don't they have no idea what it was um but this comes in so you were talking about the golf club and now i know why you're talking about the golf club so back uh-huh. a long time ago burke was seven and john benet was she had to be like four three or four mm-hmm. burke accidentally struck her in the cheek with a golf club that's where that came in. Okay. Cause I remember you were like, no, there was no golf club. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I swear people were talking <laughs> yes. about a golf club at some yes. point. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. there was a fire poker type apparatus, I guess that was found in the basement in the same room that John Bonet was found in where some people believe that could have possibly been what was used to hit her. Um, but it was never proven, but that was, And then didn't you mention at one point a mag light? So there was a mag light that was found in the kitchen. Uh, We all know mag light. Well, you know what a mag light is. I mean, it's heavy. You could use it as a weapon. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was no DNA or anything found on it. The Ramseys said they didn't know where it came from. I initially thought that maybe that could have been a weapon. But when I looked into it further, it doesn't really match. I mean, I guess they could have used it and wiped it clean. 
but this like that's depending I guess how they hit with the maglite I mean that's circular right it doesn't look like Mm -hmm. that type of indent I see yeah no usually the medical examiner will match it up with some kind of object and they'll be able to figure out exactly what shape it was yeah yeah, I I didn't need that yeah no that's what I'm saying you would think that but I I didn't I didn't read that Tara it was left out we're gonna we're gonna put that in the category with the time and depth not to laugh about it because it's terrible, well, but no, it's, this is it's why awful, we're talking but... about it because we can't figure yeah. it out. So anyways, I, I have, a, like I said, I just have a way different view on this. At first I thought that maybe it was like a little bit of a sexual, I thought the murder and then the sexual assault was always second. I don't know why in my head, but I do believe from what I've read, that was the ultimate motivation. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely looks that way with the garage being used the way mm-hmm. that it was they even said that it looked like there was a line a little bit lower on Dombonet's neck like maybe that's where it originally had started and then okay an official like furrow and when I say furrow this was so deep that it almost disappeared <sighs> I mean this was not a casual like it was so deep that it almost disappears it almost looks like her skin like rolls around it oh. it you know I couldn't control myself I had to look at the autopsy photos you know they probably shouldn't have been released to the public but they're out there and I had unfortunately to understand I had to see it for myself to understand what they were describing and it's horrific and I don't think you should look yeah I don't recommend it listeners just believe what she has to say because I am not going to go look at those no I definitely do not Tara you nope um so any questions about the garage and the neck so we covered the skull we covered the neck no but this is really going to all of this I do have questions but I have questions that I am thinking of to myself to help me with the next part when I go look at theories and 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 kind of come up with I think there's certain things that I can cross off that I don't believe anymore, you know? And I think that, you know, how people hear certain things from an investigation or they see one little snippet of a headline from some tabloid in the supermarket or they see whatever and they think they've got it all figured out. They don't even know. That's why I think it's important when people go back in and look at things the way that we have been, even though we're armchair detectives, you can find some of this information and read it and really kind of get down to this couldn't have happened. And I don't believe that that happened either. And this, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm no, saying no, I do. People are going to solve the case this many years later. I mean, it would be fantastic if they did, but I just think it gives us a better understanding and that's kind of what we were looking for. Yeah. I mean, this case gets to me, it makes me so angry, but you know, I don't like oh. unsolved cases. No, I and it's terrible, and we're not going to solve it by talking about it. We're, I, but I think we're going to get. I myself even have a greater understanding of how mm-hmm. everything went down. Yeah, well, and I think it's important to get that out there. I guess is what I'm saying because there's so many rumors and things that have ruined lives. And you know, if if people would just take a moment. Like we always say, even with your Millie Vanilli story, yeah. you know, I don't know how many people reached out to me and said, wow, I feel terrible that I, that you hated that I them. thought that, yeah, for all these years when really didn't know the whole story, you know what I mean? So, I do. so, um, all right. So I'm going to keep on kind of moving down. I am going to talk about, so these, 
rust color abrasions that are uh, below her right ear. Mm -hmm. uh, they're further described almost as two dots. They're about an inch or an inch and a half apart from one another. Huge speculation on where these came from, right? So some people believe that they were caused by a stun gun, like a taser. Okay. They ruled that out saying that there was no like burn marks. I guess there's kind of like a burn. I imagine of like when Julia shoved a fork into the outlet. Oh, and there's shit. like yeah. burn marks <laughs> up the wall. I imagine a stun gun leaves some sort of like thing like that on. Well, you would skin. think even on low, right? Yeah. I don't know if we could deny it because we don't we don't necessarily mm -hmm. know, but they weren't able to confirm it. Um, okay. the other idea is that it was caused from Burke's train set that when you separate the tracks, there's prongs that connect the track pieces together. If you lined these up, you would create this mark on her neck. Okay. And her neck and then her lower back, right? Yes. There was some, they don't mention anything else about her lower back on where they came from or. Okay. That just seems really odd to me though. Let me just stick a track in your neck. Like that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, of course, do? the whole speculation is that Burke trying to see if she was alive and was like poking her in the neck uh -huh. with the track. Um, but then I would imagine like several poke marks, not just mm -hmm. one poke mark. I think it just gave people something to talk about, honestly. It doesn't, I think it doesn't right. make any sense right. to me. So then we're talking about the abrasions that she has on her right shoulder, her left back and her left lower leg um like i said they were consistent with scraping that we we see with sexual assault kind of like that scraping that occurs unfortunately when you're pinned down and you're trying to get away or you're kind of squirming or even mm -hmm. sometimes you know your body's kind of getting pushed around by the assailant himself or herself mm -hmm. i don't think that really okay. i don't think we need to elaborate on that anymore for fine enough no. as it is it's it's hor it's yeah it is but I think everybody gets it yeah uh, but that's an important aspect of it and and it has to be talked about when you're looking at the case yeah it, I think it's I mean the one again it's something that's not talked no one talked about that I didn't think about it at that extent mm -mm. um and then there's the great pineapple debate we can't forget about that oh no a lot of people talk about the pineapple yeah, yeah. So the stomach contents suggest that there was pineapple, which makes sense because John Bonet's favorite snack was pineapple and milk. That seems a little weird to me, but I do fruit and cottage cheese, so maybe pineapple and milk similar. But the fact that there was still pineapple in her stomach leads the medical examiner to believe that it was eaten shortly before her death, probably within hours. Okay. But then I think, too, all right, well, how... How long does it take thing, you know, how long does it take something to digest? How much did she eat? And then you think about like, I don't know, back then people were doing those jello molds all the time. Could have been like a jello mold with some fruit, it fruit cocktail in it or something. Or hell, I don't know. The kid was hungry and she one of the kids at, you know, the white family was like, here, here's some pineapple and a little, you know, the little, the little mini ones you put in the lunches and stuff. Yeah. So know. it could have come from anywhere, right? Yeah, it could have, but, and I mean, I think this is another thing that's controversial, but what adds a layer of suspicion is that there was a bowl of pineapple found on the counter of the Ramsey's home that morning. Mm -hmm. um, 
the Ramseys, you know, Patsy being the homemaker, she denies that they had pineapple in their house. She denies shopping mm-hmm. for pineapple. She denies cutting out pineapple. She denies feeding John Bonet pineapple. So where did this bowl of pineapple come from that's sitting on the counter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird? No, that is weird. And I mean, we could have left it at maybe she ate pineapple somewhere else, but there was pineapple on the counter in their home. And, you know, on the bowl is Patsy and Burke's fingerprints, not John Bonet's. Yeah, that's weird. There was also either a spoon or a fork that was left in the bowl um, that did not have John Bonet's fingerprints on it either. It only had Burke's fingerprints on it. There was also a glass of water on the counter. Uh, it had Burke's fingerprints on it, but there was no DNA because he apparently did not drink out of it. Okay. That is strange. And I remember from what I told you, I didn't look into the nitty gritty details until I wanted you to tell me. So I had completely forgotten that they had found the pineapple in the home. I, in my head, I was thinking that they were trying to still figure out where it came from. So that's why I mentioned the the possibility that she had it at somebody at you know at dinner or whatever yeah and the the police they questioned the fleets and the fleets said that they didn't strip serve any like fresh pineapple but there could have been like fruit cut there's fruit cups it could have been in there but there was fresh pineapple found on the counter yeah so but it just seems really odd to me I mean I guess if you're going with she was asleep and then we went to bed and nothing happened and we didn't get out any snacks then you would pretty much have to say maybe Hey, I have no idea what you're talking about. There is no pineapple. There were no snacks because right. then they're coming back on what they had said that they were, she was asleep and she didn't wake up. Right. 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 Yeah. So it just doesn't make sense. That's the whole problem is the story doesn't. Unless Burke decided all of a sudden that that was going to be his new favorite snack, but they woke that kid up, put his pajamas on and got him out of the house. Well, he didn't. He was later interviewed and said he doesn't remember eating pineapple that day. Okay. This was an interview when he was asked about the pineapple literally like 20 years later, but he says he doesn't remember eating pineapple that day. Well, we wouldn't know, you know, and then there's the theories that Burke was eating the pineapple and John Bonet came by and grabbed a piece out of the bowl and to make Burke angry. So he hit her in the head. I, I don't no. No. believe that a nine-year-old child could have done this to John Bonet. Mm-mm. Not. I mean, I, I will admit, remember, I was like, the brother did it. This, that, like, oh, absolutely. I was in that yeah. camp. Realized the extent of everything. Mm-hmm. I still, in my mem, in my memory, seared is that stupid meme that I, I, now I think about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that poor kid. You know, I'm talking about it's a picture of those two in like, I don't know, like a portrait session. And it says video killed the radio star. Oh, I've never seen that. It's Burke and he's video and she's the radio star. And it's like this, people are so cruel. Yeah. And I just, I think about the things like that. And I think about all of the, all of what that, all of what that kid had to go through growing up. And still to this day, you know, it has to be hard because people still have that theory and they think that the brother did it and the family covered it up. And after everything that you have said about this autopsy, there's no way. No, Burke is off the, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it. I'm not, 
I'm not leaning that way. No. But I will say part of me was wondering about that before we started this. Oh, I, yeah. Because I had only surface talk and rumors and what you see on the in the cover. We only get what's in the media that's highlighted and they're going to give you what sells. Nobody wants to talk about the sexual assault. Nobody wants to talk about no. any of that. And I don't either, no. but I, I think it's important because I feel like it was downplayed. It was very downplayed. And I do feel like the media, this is one of those cases where the media ran with it's insane when you look back and you kind of see like the timeline of how everything happened and what came out and this these theories were already out before that autopsy was done people had their their suspicions they had their their thoughts pegged and then that was it and anything else that didn't support it they didn't want to read about anything else it's kind of like today right with like oh yeah I don't want to go into like a whole thing on the COVID and the vaccines and stuff but obviously you can find something to support anything you want to believe absolutely crazy out there yeah no I agree so unfortunately and sadly we're going to talk about her pelvic exam so you know like I said we're working from the head down there was um, evidence of sexual assault, like I had mentioned. There was no semen found, and there was shards matching the pain sticks uh, found in her vaginal canal. I also mentioned that the ME found evidence of vascular congestion and focal interstitial chronic inflammation. So basically, there was an older abrasion found within the vaginal wall. Okay. Okay. So in this case, so we think chronic, we think over a really long period of time. Mm -hmm. But when the ME is using the word chronic now, he's not using over a long period of time. He's inferring that this didn't happen during the assault. Got you. Does that make more sense? This is something that had been going on for a while. Yes. Well, not necessarily for a while. But longer than that night. He's saying it's prior to that night. Correct. So that's what I would think. So chronic just means it was there before. Okay. It's not saying it was there before months, years, days, like. Okay. Okay. So, so it could have been a week old. Correct. Okay. So and from what I'm understanding, he's inferring that it was only a couple days old by the description of the abrasion itself. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was an abrasion? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so imagine like a scratch. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and this is, cons- this was, there's so much controversy around this because it is a significant amount within the vaginal canal. So it's not just on the outer surface. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. So yes. what they're suggesting is basically that she was sexually assaulted either digitally or with an object several days before this had happened. This is different. Okay. Um, And this makes me feel like it was somebody that she knew. If it wasn't the family, it was somebody who had access to her. Yes. And this has been debated over and over again. But in my mind, I'm putting together like there was this assault on her. And uh, there was no evidence of sexual assault over an extended period of time. So there was no like, you know, like, layering of irritation and inflammation like this was just like imagine like you skinned your knee right so it's going to be there for a couple days that was what they saw like on her vaginal wall 
So mm-hmm. wasn't very new, but it was old, but not healed. Does that make sense? So if it was something that happened yes. last year, it would be a scar, not an abrasion. So I imagine okay. that and maybe she that was. They could tell during the autopsy if there was anything older. I mean, obviously they were looking. They said there that. was no evidence of anything older. Okay. No. Okay. There's no evidence of ongoing sexual assault. Okay. This was new. New, but not from that, assail- that assailant or that night. You could even go with the theory, and I know we're not talking theories yet, but I can't help myself just real fast. It could have been two different people. It could have been two different. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we know those cases where we know people who have been sexually assaulted by multiple people, or it could have been someone who sexually assaulted her and just got a little bit and then their fantasies got away with them and Mm -hmm. they broke in and we've seen both scenarios you know um this is debated over and over again we know john benet suffered from bedwetting so there's people out there that believe that this abrasion could be possibly from irritation or some aggressive wiping i mean we should know that this was it's like you know this wasn't superficial official vaginally this was within this was up higher mm-hmm. we'll never know right she right. did have a lot going on as far as her bedwetting and I'm sure that there was some inflammation there because of that but that's not what this was described as mm-hmm. something definitely made that scratch and I don't believe that you can do that with aggressive wiping I mean as a female and someone with two girls mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. so either no that's I'm not I don't believe that um so that's my my uh interpretation of the autopsy and one of the biggest things that bothers me about this case is also like I said the the items are can't all be sourced to the home there was this huge during the investigation from what I understand the Ramseys refused to um, turn over like credit card statements and things like that. A significant amount of time later, they did go through statements. They found that there was a purchase made by Patsy Ramsey at a uh, hardware store. Uh, the purchase, I think, was like $2 and something nonsense. That was it. Uh, upon investigation, the only thing in that store matched the white cord. Really? Like they looked up like what could have been purchased by price, I guess, price point, because it was the only thing bought. So is this one of those things where you buy like an actual wrap cord or is it one of those things where you go and you go, oh, I need like 12 inches. So I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to. No, I think it, it was like a, a wrap cord, like a, like a cord. I was at a hardware store, but I mean, in her defense, not that I should be defending anybody because I, but I mean, maybe they just needed some cord for something and she doesn't remember. There's so many times where we've done projects or had things going on around the house where you buy something mm-hmm. and it disappears into the basement or the closet or the laundry room and you never see it again and you don't even remember buying it. Mm-mm. So the fact that the Ramseys can't say that that's our cord, we bought that, I'm not surprised. Mm-mm. but I don't think you should deny it either I think it should be a they could have found that in my home mm-hmm. right right and then uh I, I'll save I'll save some of my other stuff for the theory conversation but 
Yes, I think you did a good job with the investigation and the autopsy. As hard as it was to talk about, I think that it really shed some light on what really could have been possible. I'm sorry. I know that's not the pick me up that you were looking for. Uh, but no, I mean, going into this, I knew it wasn't. I mean, this is all really, really hard to talk about. I mean, it is, but uh, I just keep going back to the fact that these, these, this poor family, I mean, whether if they weren't, they didn't have anything to do with it and they didn't have anything to do with the cover up and that, you know, her brother. It makes me, yeah. it really makes me That's sad. what I said from the beginning, right? I was like, no matter what, what loss and shame. And I mean, I know John Ramsey talks about it to this day, how he wants the killer to be found because he really just wants that shame lifted off of his family. Mm-hmm. I know, I know everybody would feel that way it's, it really, it really sucks when you have, you know, look at some of these people that have actually gone to prison and then what they did 30 years and they find out, Oh, sorry, you didn't do it. I I can't even imagine. I don't even know what would be worse going to prison and being exonerated or having to live your life out here in the public and be judged every day. Oh, I can't even imagine when everyone thinks you've done something, that's it. I mean, you might as well be persecuted anyways, because. And we'll discuss theories. I'm not saying that they were innocent. I'm not saying which way I lean. I'm trying not to lean a certain way, but I'm just saying it just, it's all just, it's just horrendous for everyone. Well, to think that parents did this as a cover-up, I know we can't talk about it. I just, I can't. Yeah. All right. I won't say anything else because I could talk about this for hours, but until next time. Yes, we'll come back with some theories and we'll come back with, um, you know, the most popular ones. And then I've heard some seriously ridiculous things that I will also throw in the mix because I think it's interesting to talk about, but crazy. Um, I know you've seen them. Oh, I'm sure. Especially after this, I feel like the last couple of weeks has just been like John Bonet has taken over my life. The whole thing, everything I just keep reading because you're just baffled at what people say and the stuff they come up with. This is one of those rabbit holes they talk. I think this is where the rabbit hole came from. <laughs> the, the talk of don't go down the rabbit hole. Like, it probably came from this case, from people being just so, there's, it's crazy. Until next time, make sure if you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to rate and review. We really appreciate hearing from you all. And uh, those ratings help us get found. I'm noticing that word of mouth has been very helpful. So, so thank you. We appreciate you. And we appreciate hearing from all of our listeners. Hopefully everybody has a great week and until next time. All right. Bye-bye.